This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We're a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. I am Katie. A lot of you will know who I am. I'm not going to say if you don't know me, my name's Katie, because I grew up with my mom saying, but if I do know you, your name's Katie as well, so I'm not going to say that. Hi, I'm Katie. Nice to meet you, if I've not met you before. <laughs> um, great. So we have been in the book of Acts um, over the last, what, this is week four, right? Um, and I think Acts is probably my favorite book of the Bible. Like, when you look, it's just a riot, like... <laughs> Some crazy stuff happens, some really cool stuff happens, but for me when I read it, there are so many like stake-in-the-ground moments for the apostles and for the early church, and there are things that we can learn today from um, as well. And time and time again, it is the outworking of God's plan for the world through the power of the Spirit. Can't be a bad thing, right? Um, So to give us all a little bit of a level playing field, um, because I love a bit of context, in our small group last term we had history with Abby, that was the historic context of what we were looking at, we might bring that back. Um, So the book of Acts is in the New Testament, so that's about the Bible after Jesus is born, Um, it's kind of the events in Acts after the death and resurrection of Jesus, so we've seen Jesus' ascension into heaven, Um, we've seen the events at Pentecost with the outpouring of the Spirit, um, where again, lots of very cool things. Um, Last week, Ali took us through chapter 3, where there's a miraculous healing um, by Peter through the power of the Spirit. Um, And this whole series that we're in is really looking at uh, perseverance, power, and witness, So today we're in Acts chapter 4, it's pretty exciting to me, Um, and we're at this point where they're kind of a to and fro between Peter and John and the Sadducees. Um, The Sadducees were wealthy, aristocratic, I had to practice saying that word so many times, Um, Jewish kind of leaders and authorities that absolutely to their core hated Jesus. They hated everything that he said he was, everything he did, and by extension, they hated his apostles and totally rejected their faith and witness as well. So we're not going to read the whole chapter because it is quite long. Um, Instead, we're going to focus in on verses 8 to 20 and then 29 to 31 a little bit later. So if you have a Bible with you, feel free to get it out, swipe to it if you're on your phone. Um, If you don't have a Bible with you and you want to follow along, it should be on here. There are also some at the back at the welcome desk. Um, If you don't have a Bible at all and you would like one, please take one away with you. That is absolutely our pleasure to give that to you as a gift. Um, Great, we're there. So, uh, Acts chapter 4, verses 8 to 20 to begin with. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, who's become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. 
When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we can't deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Great. That is what we're starting with. So as we dig into this, there are kind of a few things I feel like we're going to pull out together. And the first one is this. That there is no entrance exam to be a witness. You don't have to be qualified or certified um, or educated to be an effective witness. The only certification that we need to be a witness of Jesus is a relationship with Jesus. It says in verse 13 there, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So who were Peter and John? They were part of Jesus' inner circle. They were his closest friends. They're among, I kind of think there was three sort of inner, inner circle friends, which was John, Peter, um, and James. They were both fishermen by trade when Jesus found them. Peter, someone also knows the story, he was called Simon. Jesus said, nah, you're called Peter now. Sorry, mate, you're going to change your name. Um, and he was told that he would be the rock that the church was built on. Again, John, uneducated, by no stretch, did any of these men in their own strength have any kind of prestige around them. They were everyday people with simple jobs before they met Jesus. I don't know, if they had a particularly good catch one day, someone might have taken notice but as they were there was no reason why the Sadducees would pay attention to them but what strikes me about them is it didn't hold them back because they had a confidence and a boldness in who Jesus had called them to be what strikes me about it in this bit of the passage is the way that they just shouldn't have been listened to by any authority figure they had nothing of themselves but they must have just oozed Jesus and that's why people took note. There was nothing about them that said um, they, they had something worthwhile to say. But the thing that made the Sadducees stand up and listen was the evidence that Peter had done something miraculous through the power of the Spirit. That a life had been transformed and there was no way to deny it. And for me, this brings the question, and I wonder if you can relate to this too, but what are the things that have happened in my life and in your life that have happened that are indisputable evidence that Jesus is at work? What are the things that we could be shouting about that Jesus has done? For some of us, that might be a little bit difficult to identify. Um, but for others, I've said that and you think, oh, it was that conversation or that time I saw Jesus break into a situation or that time there was miraculous provision. Maybe it was a time where you were helped to speak boldly. Whatever it is and whatever those times are that let us say, Jesus is real to me and that's who I believe in. And it's only possible 
because of Jesus. That is what being a witness is. And what a reputation that the Sadducees had no choice but to say, everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we can't deny it. What a reputation that will be for us as a community of Jesus followers, that people look at us and say, there's something different about them. There isn't an explanation other than this Jesus guy. Maybe, maybe they're onto something. I, that, that is what we're longing for. We want people to see Jesus through us. We don't have to be extraordinary people with all of the theology degrees and training and use the big words um, to be used by an extraordinary God. He delights in meeting with us in our ordinary everyday things and in the mundane things. Because we don't have to have status to elevate the one who's greater. And so as we move on, we see in verses 18 to 20, this really interesting little bit. Um, At least I think it's interesting. Where it says, Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I'm sure a lot of us might relate to the feeling of not really knowing when to share your faith, how to share your faith. It can feel a bit awkward. It can feel like you're intruding. Um, sometimes it's just straight up scary. And that's, that's the reality of it sometimes. But here we see the total opposite of Peter and John who again, they were fishermen, that's what they knew. They weren't qualified to speak to thousands of people about the Jesus that they knew, but they did it. They had been called by Jesus to go on this adventure. And I think at the point where they said yes, they probably didn't really know what they were saying yes to. Um, If it was me, I probably wouldn't expect what was going to unfold. But they trusted. They weren't prepared to back down because another person told them to. They had assuredness in who their God was and the promises Jesus had spoken to them. Empowered by the Spirit, they refused to back down or be intimidated. And I think for us, it can sometimes be easier to back down, right? The world is telling us how we should be, how we should live, how we should act. But I want to be the kind of person that listens to his voice over the world's voice. Because which is right in God's eyes, to listen to them or to listen to him? I want to listen to him. I want to be the kind of person that speaks boldly of my faith because the benefit of that far outweighs the cost. The benefit is people hearing of Jesus and the life that he brings and the hope that he brings and the strength that he brings and the purpose that he brings and the encouragement that he brings. The cost is some people will reject us. Some people will say, do you know what? I think you're a fool for what you believe. Some people will break it down and say, these are all the reasons I think you're wrong and why you're wasting your time. And it's really difficult, especially when it's someone that you care about, right? That's hard to hear. And it's especially hard when it's someone that you've been praying for for years as well. But we have the choice to stand firm in who we know our God to be and who Jesus is and to stand firm in the knowledge that the Spirit is in us and with us and working through us. I want to be the kind of Jesus follower that knows the weight of what I've received 
and is absolutely burning to share that with the world around me. I think that sounds pretty great. I want to be the kind of Jesus follower that puts aside my own discomfort because the benefit is so much greater than the cost. I want to be the kind of Jesus follower that shares my experience of finding purpose so that other people in my world can find purpose and life. What would it look like if each of us took that challenge of living our lives with and for Jesus and burning to share that with the world around us? It doesn't matter however big or small your direct world is. Let's just be people who share Jesus boldly. Let's be people who bring life into our communities and bring light into our communities. About, um, I think like eight or nine months ago, we were chatting at work after, after a weekend. Um, and we were going around in a circle, as you do, saying, oh, this is what I did. So I was like, oh, I did the swimming run and then caught up with some friends. Someone else said something like, oh, I had a mountain of laundry to catch up with. And I said, oh, um, yeah, I just hung out with some friends. And then I went to church on Sunday, and that was super sweet. And then I went to the gym. <laughs> and you know when you've made an assumption, right? And then you learn very quickly that your assumption is incorrect. Uh, one of my colleagues turned around and said, oh, I didn't know you went to church. That's, that, that's not what you want to hear, is it? That's never what you want to hear. Because I had assumed that by the way that I lived my life, people just knew that I followed Jesus. But it turned out I'd never outright talked about Jesus to this colleague and who he is to me. We talk about really great quotes, like, um, I'm sure some of us will have heard it, like, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. And I think that is so encouraging and so great. Absolutely, we need to be Jesus with our hands and our feet and our attitudes and the way we have our relationships. But actually, sometimes we do need to use words. And maybe some of, some of you relate to that story as well of you think people know because you're a, you're a nice person, but actually, have you ever had that conversation? Another colleague later, um, who knew I went to church, said, oh, I walked past a, a church building one day a while ago on a Sunday, and someone's standing outside, and they said, come on in, we're having coffee. Come and join us, have a cup of coffee, have a chat, and then if you want to stay with our service, you can. So they went in, and they said to me, um, when they were telling me this story, do you know, I would never just walk into a church. I would never assume that I was welcome to go into their space. Sometimes all it takes is an invitation. Sometimes all it takes is being willing to say, hey, I'm going to church on Sunday, do you want to join me? Or, oh, we've got this worship night on a Friday night. If you've not got any plans, why don't you come along? Or maybe it is as simple as, oh, what did you do at the weekend? Oh, I went to church, it was great, we did this. So the final point um, is this, and it's a really short one. Um, because I'd love for us to have space and time to pray together and for each other. But have we forgotten when trying to speak and act like Jesus, to speak about Jesus? Because I had. And since I become aware of that, I think people at work are getting a little bit sick of me being like, I went to church and it was so fun and we had pastries, it was great. 
Um, but do you know what? I'd rather talk about it too much than not at all. I'd rather have the conversation and risk being rejected than not and risk them missing out. Who are the people in our lives that Jesus has placed around us? That all they need is that invitation. All they need is that um, mention of Jesus. I had another conversation with a colleague. Um, my small group know her well. Um, she provides sweets to go in our freezer every week. Ask me about it after. Um, but when we were doing our Holy Spirit series last term, I spent some of my lunch breaks planning our studies. And she was sitting beside me. I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, we're planning plan a small group. What small group? Oh, it's where we come together and we chat about the Bible. We pray together. Um, oh, cool. What's the Holy Spirit? We had a full half-hour discussion about who the Spirit is, why he's so great, what he does, what my experience is. Sometimes you just have to be willing to share. I think there's so much power in that vulnerability um, in witnessing to the people around us. It doesn't have to be a complicated thing. You don't have to stand up on a box and shout. Witness begins in intentional relationships. Witness begins in being willing to share the Jesus that we know with the world around us. I think as well it's really important um, to, to kind of acknowledge that when we're talking about that cost of witness, sometimes it is really hard. And I um, I have a sense that there's some people in the room, you feel like you're really being burned by that. And there's actually a lot of hurt that you're carrying. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to move into a little bit of a time um, of praying together. So if you want to stand, feel free to stand together as we pray. Um, but in this church, we believe in standing together Um in prayer, none of us are perfect people. We all need support um, and there's space to be real here. So, yeah, why don't we stand together? And we're just going to invite Jesus to come um, and meet with us. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.